He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, November 10, 2023. I hope your week has gone well. I hope you have a big weekend in store. I hope you're not working. I hope you're spending time with people who make you feel most like yourself. I hope you're pursuing things that are central to your uh, well-being. I hope you're not being distracted by the errata in the world. I hope you're not being distracted by issues out of your control. I hope you're focused on what? Is this a self-help podcast? Yeah, a military history, U.S. hypocrisy, occasionally comedic podcast. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. If you don't know, the voice you hear at the beginning of every podcast is the great Brent Starr from Atlanta, Georgia. Please find and support Brent Starr on Instagram and everything else. And would you kindly leave a review of the podcast, particularly on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Go in there, sign in, leave a little bit of a review. Say the host really should clear his throat a little bit more before he starts the podcast. But in general, I enjoy listening to this on a bi-weekly basis. Bi-weekly, semi-weekly is what I meant to say. Semi means happens every Two times a, an interval. Bi means you hook up with men and women. So thank you for leaving a reviews at Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful for the podcast. It's how it grows. It's how I have uh, reached people who uh, haven't discovered it uh, organically or haven't discovered it by word of mouth. So leaving reviews is helpful to me. I had a um, an inkling to do a uh, in December, a December to forget, <laughs> to do a podcast every single day, just to see if I could do it, to see what it would be like. Uh, and I might do that yet. I don't know, if, for the regular listener, if that's going to be too much for you. It probably will. Like any podcast, people come in, they go out, they come back in. You know, you get what you need out of it when you want it. I just thought it'd be an interesting uh, artistic creative challenge to sit and talk every morning for 40 minutes or so for a month uh, because my candidly my creative uh, fulfillment is not uh, it's not what I would like it to be creative my fulfillment is not what I like it, what I would like it to be I need more I need I I'm I'm being creative in the eight o'clock hour in the morning I'm not getting enough stage time I'm not doing enough project anyway i'm just just exploring it out loud here i need more artistic creative output here in san diego california where after three almost three and a half months of living out here i'm actually booked on a stand-up comedy show tomorrow night saturday november 11th is the date how about that? I'm on a stand-up comedy show after a very fu funny stand-up comedy week. I'm trying to get the, the actual information. If you're listening in San Diego, California, you can come see me do stand-up. And I'm going to do some, if you knew my act in Atlanta, what I'm going to do is not going to be identical to that. There will be some overlap, but it won't be identical. I am performing stand-up comedy Saturday, November 11th at a place. It's called Comedy Night at the Tavern uh, by Cash Comedy. Cash with a K, Comedy with a K. Cash Comedy uh, is your host. K 
Cash is the gentleman who's nice enough to book me on the show. And there are one, two, three, four other comics, including my friend Barunji is on the show. Barunji, uh, Jarwan Nelson. I'm not going to pronounce anyone's names correctly, I'm sure. Uh, Sapna Iyer is what it looks like. And then Petros Hagos, Petro Hagos, Petros Hagos. Anyway, one, two, three. There are five comics and a host for Comedy Night at the Tavern. That is tomorrow night, Saturday, November 11th. I don't know how much time I'm doing. Uh, I see I am not the... I never met this guy, so why would I headline or close? Um, so I imagine I'll do 10 minutes. It is at... You know where it is? It's at the Tavern. It says, Tavern Presents Comedy Night. Uh... Comedy Night at the Tavern, 8555, 8555, it's just called the Tavern, I guess, 8555 Station Village Way, San Diego, California, 92108. Uh, No cover charge, no drink minimum, so just like the Ramon song, you just have to be wheeled to the venue and you can just sit there and ingest comedy. At little expense to you. Seating is limited, so please arrive early. Well, that's good. Uh, Management reserves the right to refuse entry. Okay. Uh, Starts at 7 p.m., it says. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Does that mean they want you there at 7? Uh, Is there a... We'll see. Anyway, Comedy Night at the Tavern. I'm doing a spot tomorrow night. Thank you very much for, if you're in San Diego, coming out. I don't know who listens to this in San Diego. But I guess it connects to my saying, I don't feel like my, create create my creative yearn, my creative desires, my creative artistic uh impulses are not being fulfilled or satisfied and as evidence of that this is the first spot i'm doing and it's a free show at a brewery which i'm very great or a tavern which i'm grateful for but it's the first spot i've done in three and a half months i mean first booked show and that's uh that's not enough and that's on me i'm not i'm not holding any i'm not pointing any fingers however (laughs) if i were that's on me, so uh, just kind of connects to, wow, it's three and a half months that I've been out here, and now I'm finally doing a spot. That's, uh, that's not enough. In any case, grateful for it. And Cash Comedy booked me on a show next Wednesday, so I'll tell you more about that on, uh, on Tuesday's podcast. Finally, finally, I got my – I care more about not getting the flu than I do about not getting covid because the last time I had the flu, I thought I was going to die. It was so brutal. And while I've had COVID twice, <laughs> including both of them came after the vaccine. Both of them came after I had the vaccine. Absolutely. In any case, I yesterday got the COVID and flu shot simultaneously. Flu shot was way at the top of my list. And my new healthcare provider here in San Diego, uh, 
It couldn't have been easier. And unlike everywhere in Atlanta, I didn't have to pay when I went to the doctor's office. The park, I'm sure there are parking lots out here where they make you pay. But there was no there was no payment. It was like, here's the medical facility. Go in, park your car for free. Have a nice gentleman check you in, send you down the hallway. A woman who was very friendly sat me down. I was in and out of there in like 12 minutes. And the only delay was caused by the woman who was giving me the shot, occasionally pausing to tell me about some YouTube shows she watched uh, that she watches about a guy who rescues classic cars, I guess, from the desert and dust and then restores them, fix them up, fixes them up. Uh, something recovery with Matt or something. I'll, I'll shout him out. He's got a YouTube thing that has many more viewers, I'm sure, than mine. Something rescue with Matt, Matt's Matt's wreck recovery or something like that. <clears throat> and she kept telling me about it. And I didn't really ask about it. Um, and I was like, do I look like a car guy to you? Do I look like I'm going to go restore a 1940 Big Edsel? But she was the she was very sweet, and the delay was in that like where she has the one shot ready to go and is about. Hold on, my asshole dogs are barking at the neighbor's asshole dogs. So just a second. What I was trying to capture there is the delay would come as she had the syringe in her hand and she would grab my arm and just about touch it and pull back and then she pulled back. She go, "Oh yeah, it's crazy because Matt takes the cars out of the sand and." <laughs> Anyway, roll up your sleeve, okay? And yeah, on the last episode, like coming in nearly like outer space station docking, like almost get to my arm and then pull back and look because this show is so funny that I watched online. You'd love it. You'd have a good time with it. And anyway, she was a sweetheart. And what I wanted to say about getting the COVID vaccine, my fourth COVID shot, shot one, booster, uh, not booster, right? First shot, second shot. I got the booster like in January and then I'm here on my fourth shot is invariably when I get the COVID shot, when I'm standing, sitting there and it's going into my arm and when I'm walking out of the building, I am washed over. I am engulfed in self-righteousness. I am like, I am so much better than everyone. Go do your own goddamn research, Aaron Rodgers. I am out here getting filled up with this good, good Pfizer, whatever the hell is, M-N-R-N-A, whatever is going into my body. <clears throat> I just feel like I'm doing the right thing. I don't even know that I am. I'm washed over with two feelings. One, that self-righteousness, like, goddamn, I am better than all these people out here that can't read. And two, immediately after the feeling I have is one of autism. I'm like, wow, I know everybody's birth date in here. This is crazy. I have just a, I, I have more important. I have the, the flu shot. More important to me than COVID is the flu shot. It's in my body. It's working. I'm, uh, I'm 24 hours away. I'm recording this Friday morning in the eight o'clock artistic hour. And I'm okay. I think, I mean, you know, I see only in black and white, but I think I'm, I'm okay. So I'm back. I'm back. I'm back with COVID. More important. All right, we get it, dude. You love your goddamn flu shot. I don't think I really had any side effects other than dead arm. Either. Sore arm. So what happened this week? I had, a, I, I, I had something that has never happened to me in stand-up comedy. And 
I tried to characterize it to my to my daughter how mind-boggling it is that I made it happen. I, I try to I try to how can I make this non-comics understand? So first of all, I ran the light, and I got played off like we like get the fuck off the stage, dude. At no big deal. The comedy store in La Jolla. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I went up there Tuesday. I went up there Tuesday. I got. I called in. I got on the list. I got up there. The place, relative to the other open mics I'd been, I had attended up at the comedy store in La Jolla, it was packed. There looked like real audience members there. There were, it looks like also a couple comics who brought a lot of people. But there were plenty of people in the room to make it a nice hot show. I went up like 15th out of 18 or 15 out of 17. I went toward the, and Barunji was actually there. He went up earlier. Uh, I went up like 15th or something out of 18. And uh, I ran the light. I've never, I mean, I've run the light intentionally, but I've never run the light like, what the fuck happened here? And that's exactly, it was almost like I, I uh, had a stroke or something. Which is possible. I don't sleep a whole lot anymore. And I don't know if that's associated with running the light or not. But non-comics, the way the light works is you're standing on stage talking. And when there is a set amount of time left dictated or agreed to between the performer and the showrunner, the person in the back of the house, or dictated by the house, like, like it would be at the Laughing Skull Lounge or uh, the open mic at the comedy store, they dictate how much time you have. If you're a headliner, sometimes the headliner will say, hey, uh, you know, tell the person, the host or whoever, hey, can you give me a light at 45? Let me know. Give me a light at you give me a light just let to let the person on stage know, okay, maybe I'm going to do another 10, 15, 20, however long, much time you want to do. Just let me know where I am, so to speak. If you're a feature comic doing a smaller set, 20, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, you might say, hey, yeah, give me a light. Some people like, you know, you're going to do a 20-minute set. They just want a one-minute light, which is like a kind of abrupt stop. Other people are like, yeah, let me know when I'm at 15 the light just signals to the person on stage how much in this understood amount of time you have left talking before you have used more of the time that has been allotted to you. And that's a feeling, you know, it's really interesting. It's a feeling that most people on stage don't like, <laughs> unless you're a host in an urban room. <laughs> But generally speaking, people don't feel don't like to feel like they're bogarting, taking more than what has been allotted to them, which is very egalitarian. You get three minutes, you get five minutes, you get 20 minutes, you get 45 minutes, uh, or you, everyone here gets four minutes, whatever the case might be. People, generally speaking, don't feel good when they run the light. And it's very interesting because it's different than how society works seemingly on day-to-day -day basis in which people are cutting each other off on the highway people are um, you know not paying taxes people are doing all they can 
to maximize their gain from the collective endeavor while minimizing their costs, right? That's that's capitalism. But when it comes to, have I made this clear, that piece? I don't feel like in the world people feel bad, in, in the United States of America, I should say, people feel bad about taking more, I sense, people don't feel horrible about taking more than is meant for them. I feel like, <laughs> and, and if you don't take, you know, and this is why it, it's, it becomes a fallacy, if you don't try to take as much as you can for yourself, then you're not really adapting to the environment. In any case, the light is different. People generally don't want to run the light. They don't want to take up more time. So at the comedy store, the light, as most open mics out here in San Diego seem to be, is, is a three-minute spot. For, again, non-comics, historically, uh, in stand-up, you want to have a tight five. That's usually like the smallest increment of, uh, of a stand-up comedy set, right? You have five minutes, whatever that's going to be. It's going to be three bits. It's going to be five bits. You're going to have 15 jokes in there. Hopefully, you're going to have a lot of pops. You're going to have a lot of laughs. But it's they call it a tight five because you've worked it out. You've organized it. And you're like, here you go. I'm going to go on Johnny Carson and say my tight five. Most of the mics in San Diego only have, they have three-minute spots, which if I ever get my own room, I will increase that amount, which is, it's interesting, a three-minute spot is is plenty for a lot of comics, particularly junior comics, who don't know what we're doing and don't write well and take forever to get to like what they think is one decent punchline. Three minutes can seem like a long time if the person on stage doesn't know what they're doing. For a person who is accustomed to doing longer sets, three minutes is an unusual amount of time that is a bit disorienting. Like, I don't know where three is as well. Like, I've never, I don't think until I got to San Diego, I've never done a three-minute spot in my life. Again, you're starting out doing stand-up, five minutes is way too long because nobody has that. At the same time, it's just kind of like historically been the industry standard. Laughing Skull, open mic, used to do five-minute spots, and then they cut them down to four minutes. Four minutes seems like a good amount of time. Three is pretty quick. It's like you get you race through a setup, and you tell a couple jokes, and then the guy's flashing the light at you. So that's, that's the lay of the land here. I am not accustomed to doing three-minute spots. I've never... Like I said, until I moved here, I never had done a three-minute spot. Does that mean that running the light is anybody else's fault but my own? No, it does not. <laughs> it does not in the least. Do I know that the guy who books the comedy store was in the room when I was running the light? I'm pretty sure he was in the room. <laughs> my name gets called. I go up. I see the crowd. My name gets called. I go up 15th. I tell my first joke. And it gets a nice big pop. And I kind of rode that pop as you should. Instead of, you know, stepping on your own laughter. I kind of rode it a little bit. Tagged something. Stretched it out. 
and probably what would normally be like a 20-second opening pop, like Brett Michaels, I'm trying to get a little, I'm about to pop. You know what I mean? I rode the pop. Normally it would be like a 20-second little pop. I don't know how long Brett Michaels popped. But I probably I probably surfed it a little bit because it's it's a bigger space. People were laughing. I don't need to quickly get into material. Well, or you sh- or continue to get into material. And you could say, and maybe anybody watching can say, yeah, you should because you only have three minutes, you dummy. <laughs> Which is fair. So I had a really fun first minute of my minute maybe even minute 10, something like that, of my set, which historically I would have thought maybe takes 20 seconds. So I'm already uh, disconnecting from what I know and moving into a space where my clock is moving at a different pace than the official clock and frankly the only clock that matters and that's the comedy store's clock. Then <clears throat> I get into my second, the, the bit. I was going to do, I did like one sort of tell them who I am joke right at the top. Get a laugh, get gain their trust. And then I was going to do a bit that, you know, moving briskly would take probably two or three minutes. Uh, but if you're having a decent set, I can stretch it out and make it last, you know, a good five minutes. When I go into that, I'm probably, and I have not listened to the tape because I do not want to revisit the horror before I, <laughs> before I talk to you. I probably should have. That's really what I should do is I should stop and see when I actually got into my bit that I wanted to tell, right? So essentially, I'm giving them, I'm thinking for the non-comics, if you're thinking about, uh, let's say you're writing something, I, I give them the introduction in normally it takes 20 seconds, now I'm at a minute change, and then I want to tell them the story, let's say, the, the bit, in uh, two minutes' time. And it was just impossible for me because I was disconnected from reality because I surfed the first bit. I get into the, to the bit that I want to tell, and I'm probably close to two minutes by the time I get to the first big punchline, which did not hit. It did not hit for the first time ever. And then that probably caused me to pause. Like, did I, did, I, did I have a stroke? Did I say something wrong, you know, in setting it up? But it didn't hit at all. And so then I said something to kind of dig out of it that got like a big pop. Like, I don't know what happened there or something. I don't know what I said. Because I haven't listened to it like you should. Especially if you're trying to entertain people on a podcast. You should listen to the goddamn thing. Give them a little what actually took place. So the bit, which usually smashes, was good, decent, but it was getting laughs like in unusual spots. So I was probably a little confused by that. So you add my confusion to being uh, disconnected from the official clock, right? It's earlier in my set than I actually think it is. And... I'm confused on stage a little bit, like, you know, not like shitting my pants, but just like, that's weird, that didn't, anyway, what's going on here, kind of, 
settling in like I had 30 minutes to f- figure it out and, uh, you know, ride the herd home. In any case, I'm in the middle of the bit and I see the light. I didn't see the light go on. I see the red light in the back of the room for the first time. But the combination of being disconnected from real time, because I surfed the first bit, and then missing or having not as much missing on the second bit as it was, there were bigger laughs where they're, it was, I don't want to say like they didn't understand it, but somehow I wasn't doing the job. And the laughs came at places that I was not really expecting them, and they weren't coming at places where I did expect them. And then I kind of riffed on that, I guess, on stage, and that got pops. In any case, I didn't see the light come on. I know where the light is. I didn't. But I was I was like wondering what the fuck was going on with this bit, probably. Disconnected from time. I finally see the light, and I think to myself in the moment, they must have left it on from the last performer. They must have left the light on because that happens. Okay? That's a... That's me presuming the worst of people who run open mics, and that is they just left the light on, and the person on stage is like, I have no idea where I am. The I, So then I see the light, and I just think that. I think I can't possibly have already done, but really, all I would have had to be up there for was two minutes. And the light goes on at two minutes, and that means to you, dear performer, dear audience member, you have one minute to wrap up your set. So... When I thought I was like at a minute or so in in my convoluted conceptualization of time, the clock was already at two minutes, if not two and change. And there's the light. I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm going to work through this other joke in this bit because this can't be right. And I cannot underline for you, non-comic audience, how utterly amateur hour this is on my part. I've done stand-up comedy way too long. I've done sets way too... I've never done... I've done two-minute sets. That's what Lightning Round was. Hour-long sets. I should know exactly how long I've been on stage, exactly what I need to do to wrap up. And this is what I was trying to convey at the beginning of the story to my daughter. The, The expertise, and it's relative. I'm not saying I'm an expert in comedy, but the relative amount of knowledge and experience I have about stand-up comedy... There is, it's inexcusable for me to run the light. Now, there have been times where you run the light, where you get the light, and you're like, I'm having too much fun, and I'm going to run the light. That's on a show. This is not on an open mic, right? You know, and Or, the you know, the person running the show is your buddy, and like, dude, I just want you to know I'm going to run the light. If I'm having a good time, I'm going to run the light, because it's the best. It's stand-up comedy. I'm... Like me running the light and getting played off, not just running the light, but then having the music come on to like say, shut the fuck up and get out of here and have the crowd laugh or clap or put you out of your mercy. I'm thinking, what's the analogy? Be like, be like Anthony Fauci not knowing how to put on a Band-Aid. That might be a bit dramatic, but it's so rudimentary. And by the way, sometime in the past I was talking about drums and what are the little me trying to learn how to play drums and they give you those little elemental parts in drumming it's called rudiments that's what they were i couldn't get that goddamn word rudiments 
I got to practice my rudiments, my flam, flamadiddle, paradiddles, rudiments. Anthony Fauci, that, I'm not putting myself on Fauci's company. I'm just saying the idea, it's just, it's almost inconceivable that I wouldn't know how to do that. And highly embarrassing, highly embarrassing, highly just, like I said, amateur hour. I, I couldn't get embarrassed. I mean, embarrassed like this relative, but I'd rather, I, I could bomb for 45 minutes and that would not be as embarrassing, I don't think, as running the light and getting the music played off. To say nothing of, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I continue to make a strong impression in the San Diego comedy scene which already does not seem to be the most burgeoning, vibrant uh, scene there is. But I don't know. And I'm not going to know anymore if I keep running three-minute lights at the comedy store. The music plays me off, and I'm, I'm hot in my ears. I, I just feel like, like the back of my neck is hot. My ears are hot. Like I, uh, it, was like, it was like a bomb, but it was... It was much worse because it's like you, people get played off just everybody in the room like this guy not know how to fucking do this thing and <laughs> that's where I was and the other thing is as soon as I got the music as soon as I got the light as soon as as soon as I saw as soon as I got played off is really what happened the light went on then after a minute what happens non-comics is they'll play music to say get off the stage i was incredulous i if i would love to see a tape of what my face looked like i must have been like what the fuck really that's three minutes <laughs> i was so uh chagrined like embarrassed that i didn't even grab my phone which was right next to the stage like some dude's like hey man your phone which again so out of character, so uh, in that moment, flust coming off stage, flustered. I wasn't flustered on stage. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to be very clear about that. I was, <laughs> if anything, I should have been more flustered trying to get through my bits. Instead, I was just up there like, hey, whatever, we have a while to go. But when the light went on and the music played me off and I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm trying to establish myself in the comedy store, the legendary comedy store in La Jolla, and I'm standing here with my thumb in my ass like somebody who's done comedy for three weeks. It made my ears burn and the back of my neck and face get really hot. And I just went back over to where the comics sat to take my goddamn medicine and just sit there. And then oddly, like three people came up to me and dapped me up and said, great set. Some guy from the crowd came and said, I thought you were the best of all of them, which is a left-handed compliment kind of because... It's a, it's an open mic, right? Any in any case, it was it was very disorienting, <laughs> and uh, I'd never I thought about it afterwards. I'd never unintentionally run the light in my life. Like oh shit, I didn't know what happened there. To my knowledge, again, I've done it intentionally, but never unintentionally. And the only other thing I can remember getting played off. The only time I remember is when Neil Reddy was hosting the Laughing Skull open mic 
six years ago or something like that. And I did a spot. And before I went over, he played me off. But then he came and told the crowd that he played Neil, who was Indian, had played too many black and brown comics off. And he felt that people were going to think he was racist if he didn't play a white comic off also. Which is a good bit. It's fair. And uh, I get it. You know. But that was the only time I've been played off. I came home. I stayed for the rest of the show. I stayed for the friends and family show. I hung out. Uh, it, it, was, it was very, very bizarre and disorienting. And then as soon as I got home, my wife, as she always does, she sits up and goes, how'd it go? And I said, I ran the light and got played off. <laughs> and she started cracking up. She's like, you're making quite an impression here. Because she... So this is how she bookends my San Diego comic experience. The first time doing that mic in the club where the guy did like me like at one minute into the set and I flipped out and got mad at him and got mad at the black dude for not saying anything when the other guy said the N-word and just lost my marbles. My wife got a really big kick out of that. And then I'm running the light and getting played off like, you know, somebody had been doing stand-up comedy for 30 seconds. She got a big kick out of that. <laughs> and uh, you know who has not gotten in touch since that show, uh, since that spot, is the uh, comedy store in La Jolla. <laughs> so uh, just ridiculous that, that, that I did that. And I was, it was disorienting. I hope I've given you an idea of how it happened. The first bit stretched out way longer because it was, I, was, I was in it, right? <laughs> It had a, it 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 was hitting. It worked. I tagged it. We're in the groove. And then all of a sudden, right when I think I'm maybe ten percent of the way into my set, the club and the light are actually like, no, you're more like two thirds of the way through, if not further. And they played the light. I mean, they played the music like at three o five, if that. It might have been right at three minutes. So there's not a lot of. Uh, you know, let's give him one more punchline to figure it out. <laughs> it was like, get the fuck off the stage now. And uh, I'm glad it happened. I'm not glad. I wasn't glad when it happened now. But it's just another another environmental signal. Hey, dude, pay attention. And what's the worst that can happen? You get embarrassed. You know, that's not the end of the world. Uh, I have you. I have my wife. I have my daughter. Uh, and I have a spot tomorrow night in Mission Valley. So if you are, uh, I'll, I'll hang the poster in the, in the Instagram story and come check it out. Hey, thanks. I want to just leave you here in 30, 35 minutes because I want to make sure I get the podcast out on time, which is noon Eastern. Um, have a great weekend and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Please leave a review for the podcast. It would be much appreciated. And if you want coasters, uh, I send me a message on Instagram or email me at yesjoesmith at gmail.com and I'll send you some coasters that say I am embarrassed to say I listen to the Getting My Act Together podcast. But I'd be grateful if you left some reviews as ever, 15 underscore versus underscore 15. Thank you so much for the support and uh, scaring the other people into doing it as well. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye.